0: And when the blue line moves, that means we're in business.
1: When the blue line moves, Billy's in grooves.
0: (laughs) That's what (laughs) I've been saying for years. Welcome to Nothing to Fear, your weekly horror movie podcast. My name is Billy Schultz. Every week on the show, we watch a different horror movie. Happy April, everyone. We are starting some vampire movies this month. Uh, Nope, that's... Aren't we doing an intro for (laughs) March 20th? (laughs) 3.20! (laughs) Yeah, 320, blaze it. Uh, I hope you're all excited (laughs) to listen to our episode on Tucker and Dale versus evil. Of course, that's what we're talking about on this episode. Anyway, I fucked up the intro. That's just, mark that off on your bingo cards, dear listeners. Billy doesn't understand how podcast time works. Anyway, I'm joined by wonderful friends that I have, and I've been blessed to do this podcast with, Luke Mason and Alex Wan. Luke, give us the BC report. How are you doing?
1: Not as hungover as usual, so that's nice. I did the majority of my drinking this weekend on Friday night, because as of recording, that was St. Patrick's Day. Of course, that that was was trivia. It was great. It was super fun. You know, like about 25 people showed up, which was a little bit more than I was expecting, which is also a fun surprise. And then, yeah, the the team that won, their team name was the Belfast and the Furious. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, and uh it was great because they only got five out of 20 in the first round but they just smoked the irish music round they got the by far the best score and they scooped the win by like one point or two points at the end there so
0: did anybody get the irish boy band question
1: no i don't well actually someone might have guessed westlife but I don't think they guessed the song, and I think they only guessed Westlife because I made a joke in the previous round where, like, question tw- twenty in the Irish category was this Irish band has the most Grammys of all time, and Westlife. then w- w- when I read out Westlife, everyone was like, "What?" It's like, nah, it's you two. So funny. I That's planted, funny. I planted a seed, a little hint for, um, you know, here, here's what I'll say. If you're ever doing a trivia hosted by yours truly, I do drop hints. I do drop some breadcrumbs for other questions, so it pays to attention when I'm hosting.
0: Yes, you're a very you're a master of the uh, the Chekhov's trivia clue. If he mentions something that seems like a non sequitur in round one, by round three, <laughs> that's going to pay off. <laughs> and
1: actually, well, I'll save I'll save that part for maybe my something to cheer. So yeah, I, it was great. And then and then we just hung out and listened to Irish music and then went to Finley's which is the local bar that is celebrating of St. Patrick's Day but it's also Nelson's dive bar so it was us and all the 21-year-olds and the moment uh, the moment I walked into this bar one of the bouncers is just lying on top of someone and there's cops coming in I was like all right it's it's we're here for the bar okay <laughs> and to to put a bow on St. Patrick's Day uh other Shamrock, alex uh yes other <laughs> well I, I got hit pretty hard in the shamrocks for this uh Silver, other alex and i did the film the boondock saints for the radio show mm. and great movie i haven't seen great that movie, movie in maybe a decade and it's like it's definitely the sensibilities of it are of a different era but it's still a raucous good time that movie
2: is such a romp i loved it again so I'm, you know, as as a devout Irish Catholic, like it really, it really <laughs> just hits all the right spots. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right.
0: I've said that for years about you, Alex. Your devout, your devotion to Irish Catholicism, <laughs> <laughs> one of your most notable features. But of course, that is Alex Wan who is piping in there. How are you doing this morning? How's Alberta? How are you? It's great.
2: It's so nice and sunny. Last week was always shit because of daylight savings, right, as right. As, it, as it always is. And then we get so much sunlight now, which, you know, is <laughs> I like. I don't know if everyone else likes it, but I like it. And it's been warm all week. I think it, it's weird because uh, I read a stat where it's been the longest consecutive days ever that the low has been under zero. Okay. But it's been so nice out. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it cool. warm? It's not. It's definitely not hot, but
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a pretty typical like Calgary, Alberta, like fall. Wow! Another spring. another
2: record record was broken, right? Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, but I here saw... I am
2: talking about the weather when that's yeah. you know the stupidest well, topic ever. It's great. I'm great. I saw a funny meme
1: about all of this. It's just so stupid, but maybe chocolates. Like someone posted, "Did we do it?"
0: Did we save the daylight?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Until fall, yeah, it's just a never-ending heist. You know, the the morning of daylight savings time when you lose that hour is always rough for me. But like a couple days after, and you realize, like, you sort of like you know because of routine that like yeah, the days get longer in the evening. But there's always a moment every year where it's like you're consciously aware that like oh, it's six thirty and I can still see the skyline and it's not like pitch dark and you're just like ah. Yeah, nice. okay. Yeah. That vitamin D is coming back. That's especially um,
1: true here because we're like tucked away in the mountains. So the sun mm-hmm. usually goes down earlier than normal anyway.
0: Because you're just mountain shadows all there the was time.
1: a day There was a day in December where the sun set behind the mountain and because of the angles of the mountains didn't rise at 1.42 p.m.
0: <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so it, gets, it can be dark and oppressive in Nelson. So this extra, it's just, it's lovely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's some like Arctic Circle, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> days of I know. days of night, shit. I'm doing well. School is still kicking my ass, but I I think I'm through the biggest sort of bulk of it all, and now it's just like a kind of like ramp up until finals in uh, in like six weeks here. So I'm feeling good about that. The weather is nice here as well. We had a bit of an adventurous weekend where Kelly had an appointment for some dental work or a dental consultation. She needed to get like a sore tooth taken out. And we we thought they were just going to like look at the x-rays and then book us in. And they were like, we can do that surgery right now. So she had like quite sudden dental surgery on Friday morning. Surprise surgery. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, just like, hey, get up. Don't have breakfast. We'll get breakfast after this like 30-minute dental appointment. No. And so it's been like soft food and a lot of painkillers and... Just taking it easy this weekend, so not the best, but hopefully a reduction in pain going forward. And
2: Chances of getting food poisoning are quite low, right?
0: Chances, Yes, chances of food poisoning, rock bottom. Boy, oh boy. But yeah, we make do, and we keep going, and we watch a lot of YouTube videos in the evening to get by. But I'm here, and I'm ready to talk about some pieces of movie news, some pieces of horror news, I should say. As is my want, I found... One thing that's just a throwaway, one thing I actually want to talk about, and then one thing that is shameless self promotion. So here's the throwaway piece of news, and that was that Six Creams opening weekend was the biggest in franchise history, with 44 million beating Scream 1 and Scream 2, which was the previous record holder. And it seems like people are really enjoying the sixth installment of this franchise. I have yet to go see it. We wanted to go see it this week, but surgery prevented Mm -hmm. that so and and somehow this is me talking i haven't been spoiled so i haven't like heard Mm -hmm. a podcast about it i haven't like like some people are like on their instagram stories are like next slide is scream six spoilers so i'm like swiping away and trying to keep it preserved and Mm -hmm. i'm excited to check it out you have seen it luke do you think that it it is worth going in without being spoiled like is there stuff that is always always because so much
1: of the fun of the the scream movies is trying to guess who the killer is as the movie's going around and the movie knows that, so it gives you deceptions and red herrings and doubles and all that kind of stuff and it's it's great. So I would I would
2: I already know who the killer is. Oh, it's Ghostface.
1: Well yeah it's Ghostface. <laughs> it is Ghostface. And Alex. I don't know it's just it's just fun to that I mean I think I said last time that of all of the Scream films, this one felt the least fun. It, didn't, mm-hmm. it was still a good movie, but it didn't have the same kind of joyousness that I think a lot of the previous ones had. And that's not a major criticism, right? Because it's still a really well-made film right. and great acting and interesting depth to it. So I'm I'm happy that it's, you know, because I obviously want more and I, and I want... It, it's just not going to... This is a franchise that obviously is not going anywhere. And mm. it's kind of satisfying, I suppose, that this franchise is being embraced by another generation you know like oh um, that's cool yeah because like the first scream movies we were a little young when they came out but they're of our era and certainly part of like it was the kind of movie people would talk about and and then of course actually my first introduction to scream was through scary movie <laughs> so there's also that parody element of it all that yeah i don't know i just think it, uh, i think that that's cool but that that's
0: the- nice so you think, and and for I'll edit this out if it feels like it would be too spoilery mm-hmm. to even ask this question. But do you think there'll be a Scream Seven and and beyond without, if that's a spoiler to say? Uh, or not?
1: I think I think there are forty four million reasons why there will be a
0: Scream Seven. Uh, right now,
1: that's what I will sure, say about sure. it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's fair again. It enough, always yeah. that's always the answer when it comes to Hollywood.
0: Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, there you go. I will. I'm going to try to see it this week. I think you should. And then, you'll, yeah, I, I really don't know. Really Maybe see it while it's in
1: theaters. You'll enjoy it more if it's not spoiled. I think.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think. No, that, I think yeah. you should
2: look up and read the plot synopsis I'll before you watch Wikipedia. the movie. That way, you can be really prepared for whatever right. comes. Okay,
0: Cindy. I've got, I've got both <laughs> of your, both of your piece of advice rattling in my brain, and we'll see what happens next week. But uh, before I get into a, a bigger story that I want to talk about, just a little bit of podcast cross promotion i was a guest on another horror movie podcast a couple weeks ago called the attack of the killer object podcast and this is a podcast that's dedicated to horror movies that are about specific objects killing people and they were looking for a guest to talk about a czechoslovakian horror movie from 1982 about a vampire car and let me tell Mm. you this movie is entirely free on youtube to just watch (laughs) it's not even monetized there's not even ad breaks but it was a really it was a weird movie and if you like a movie that looks at the looming fall of the iron curtain and what western influences might be coming on sort of eastern Bloc countries ferret vampire is the movie for you (laughs) <laughs> but it was a really fun interview and talk about the the podcast uh talk about the show on the podcast so if people want to listen to that you can check the show notes i'll have it in there but attack of the killer objects is the name and uh yeah it's cool. a it's a fun little show that talks about like really really zany horror movies where an object is the at the center of it so they've done things like rubber and chopping mall was a was one from the 80s so it's like very 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 uh, schlocky films that's yeah. fun yeah it was a lot of fun a lot of fun to talk about Billy. a weird horror movie i did it <laughs> thank you okay so the the story i want to talk about today uh, how familiar are both of you with frankenstein uh either with the book or the the movies or incarnations of it alex you familiar with frankenstein i'm
2: familiar enough that i know it's supposed to be dr frankenstein and the monster is a frankenstein's monster yes you know the village of people want to murder the monster and it yeah that's that's you, what i know
0: about it have you read it at all have you read the book ever probably like an
2: like a an abridged version when i was a kid but that's no that's i haven't it. read like the original or
0: what about you luke what's your familiarity with frankenstein i have
1: read the book but it was I don't know, several years ago. So some of the details are hazy. Obviously, the main thrust I'm familiar with of creating this life from other body parts of other people and things like that. Mm -hmm. But actually, the the part of it that sticks out to me the most in my memory is when Frankenstein's monster becomes self-aware. Mm-hmm. Because in a weird way, it's a little bit like these precursor conversations about when AI becomes self-aware. You know, yes, so yeah. so weirdly, uh, Mary Shelley wrote the first AI book <laughs> <laughs> way back in the day. So yes, That's true. I've, yeah, I'm I'm relatively familiar with.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently Guillermo del Toro is in talks to start production on his version of Frankenstein, which is, I think. Right up his alley. He's a weird, spooky man, and a right lot up of his, his nightmare alley, you might say. Right, right up his nightmare alley. That was a very long movie. It was. I mean, most most recently, he came out with Pinocchio on Netflix, which is a very wonderfully, like, beautiful movie to look at. Uh, story of Pinocchio. And Pinocchio is kind of like a Frankenstein's monster type of creature. You know, an inanimate mm. object is given life. But he's cast, or he's in talks with Oscar Isaac, Andrew Garfield, and Mia Goth to be in the film. So that sounds that sounds really exciting to me because it's like, ooh, we got Oscar Isaac. He he's up for whatever. Andrew Garfield. He I think he's having a bit of a moment. And then of course Mia Goth is just horror darling. But
1: I always wanted Poe, Spider Man, and Pearl in a
0: movie together. <laughs> Poe, Spider Man, and Pearl. Like <laughs> that, that name always a better trio. A great <laughs> a great trio. <laughs> well, okay. So based on that, who do you think would be of those three? I mean, maybe it'll be a Frankenstein's bride situation, but of those three, who do you think would be the monster? Mm. I think none of them. You think none of them?
2: Yeah.
1: It's hard to say. I mean, they could all do it. I I guess maybe Oscar Isaac, but but he could also be the the professor who creates the monster because that's kind of what he was. You mean Frankenstein? Yeah, Frankenstein, because that's kind of what he was (laughs) in Ex Machina, right? Like he is actually a Frankenstein type, especially because talking about AI, like
0: (laughs) that was his role in that movie. That's the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but I
1: also feel like Andrew Garfield could pull off the kind of professorial mode, you know, I think he'd be really yeah. good at that. Yeah. Victor
0: I think he he fits a Victor Frankenstein type of mold like a sort of neurotic scientist type. Yeah. Uh, I think Oscar Isaac especially, you know, having sort of played it in Ex Machina, maybe he wants to have a chance to be the monster and and like I think he's not he's no stranger to like makeup and effects and and weird roles. Like, we all, of course, remember (laughs) that he was in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah.
1: Now, interestingly enough, I mean, obviously, any adaptation can stay close to the source material or wander away, as is the artistic license. However, one of the main themes of the book is how even more human than human the monster is. So Frankenstein's Mm -hmm. monster, one of the things that happens in the book is that he notices how inhumane humans can be to each other. You know, and so there's this reflective mirror-esque element. So even though in horror, the monster is a monster and is scary and it's come to life. (laughs) Oh, no. But in the book, it's actually quite a it's a more thoughtful portrayal of uh, humanity, I would say, actually, than even like I don't think it was it wasn't exactly written to be a horror story. It doesn't come across that way. It comes across much more as it's gothic. Almost it's almost like a philosophical novel about people.
2: The horror were the
0: humans,
1: right? Always always were.
0: Always. Always always, always and forever. And I think that's right because I think, you know, we have a obviously a saturation of what the Frankenstein's monster is that's still pretty tied to like Boris Karloff's portrayal of him mm-hmm. in like the 30s and that sort of like lumbering, you know, stiff-limbed monosyllabic creature is what people think of Frankenstein's monster. Kind of that's like this prototype of in our minds but yeah the book is he's thoughtful he has the capacity for language and he has debates about human life and i think that he's like in the end of it he's just like well you know what i'm gonna fuck off into the arctic because (laughs) i don't need to deal with the rest of you idiots
1: (laughs) so yeah he's kind of like he's kind of like the wild man from brave new world in that way too actually now that i think about it like Mm. That that character Sorry, yeah. in Brave New World must be was influenced by that.
0: I'm sure you don't have to dig very deep to find analogs to Frankenstein type monsters or themes in, in quite a well, lot. Of...
1: Yeah, it's a it's a total archetype of like, what's the best way to show people what they're like, is to have a creature with all of the capacities of humans, but isn't a human and isn't socialized yet. So has all of the basic questions a child asks that isn't socialized, mm-hmm. but is
0: now this other creature. So there you go. And I think Guillermo del Toro will make it creepy and spooky and weird because that's his total modus operandi. Like that guy loves yeah. a, loves a weird creature. So cool. I'm excited for it. I, I I will probably check it out when it, hopefully it comes out to theaters, but who knows? Probably 2024, I would say. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, uh, let's talk about a movie. Oh, sorry. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Just a quick bathroom break before we start. Uh,
0: okay. A quick bathroom break before we start. Alex Wan, you picked the movie. Tell us what we're watching, what we're talking about this week. We're talking
2: about Tucker and Dale vs. Evil for Forest Horror Month. I mean, I, I picked this movie because I have seen it quite a while ago. So I know it is in a forest. And I picked it because I felt like the last month and a half, maybe two months, I did not really enjoy many of the movies that we saw. And I okay, wanted to okay. pick something that I knew that I would like. And nice. Um, that's why we... That's why we're watching
0: Tucker and Dale versus Evil. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I was in agreement when you picked this one. I was like, "Oh, this is such a such a breath breath of fresh air." I think we've all like, I think specifically the the most recent episodes before this, we all kind of took turns not liking it. I know Luke, you didn't like Evil Dead. I really didn't like Green <laughs> Inferno. Alex, you didn't like Skin Ring, So I was just like, "Oh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil." I have seen this movie. It was one of the movies that I watched. Probably in 2016 or 2017 when I was in the depths of my like, no, I don't like horror movies. They're scary. And I was at uh, the lake with some of my cousins and they were like, we're just watching this. Shut up. It's not scary. You'll be fine. And so I watched it. And yeah, I remember really enjoying it. And, you know, on the rewatch, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I liked it. Mm -hmm. It's a comedy. It wasn't very scary. And I love Alan Tudyk. He's great in it, and uh, I think everyone turns in a good performance, but we can save that for after the trailer, because Luke, what did you know about Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? Have you seen it before?
1: Yeah, I had, but I think maybe only once, at most twice, and it was like a long time ago. I think I saw it around when it came out, um, mm-hmm. so I knew about it. I knew everything, more or less, um, because the details are very scant anyway in this movie, so as soon as you like remember <laughs> the conceit, you kind of remember the whole movie. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah, it was it was a nice revisit.
0: It's a nice revisit. We should have done it for revisitation month, <laughs> even though <laughs> yeah, kind of it's not a sequel. I like that it was filmed in and around Calgary. I thought that was very nice to see. Always love, always love when something's filmed in Calgary. So let's uh, we'll get into the trailer. Um, in terms of stuff from "Does the Dog Die?" in terms of trigger warnings, the biggest one I think is there's some. Some loose plot around like sexual assault and flashbacks, which can be pretty triggering. But th- all the gore of this movie is very bloody, very gory. It's 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 very silly. Mm-hmm. This movie is a silly silly movie. So if you are squeamish about that sort of stuff, I don't I don't think. Don't worry. There's a line where he's like, "Is that one of those like Do you have blood on you?" He's like, "No, that's college blood," which was just very yeah. funny. So <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. This movie is not serious. It's not very scary. If you're still worried, do, do check out DoesTheDogDie.com because that has a comprehensive covering on it. And let's go into the trailer. Let's do it. Oh, jeez.
2: Whoa, Jesus! Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? <laughs>
0: We got your friend! Oh, they captured Allison! Oh! It's the pancakes! You hate pancakes? I'm, I'm gonna make you something else. What am I doing here? fell into the water. Uh, go in and rescued you. We'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. What is this place? It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? All right. Maybe I will. I said maybe.
2: Dale? What are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm digging a crapper hole. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. No! Yeah. Our oh, good-looking friends are here. Yeah. Are you okay?
2: your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell.
0: This is a suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense. The girl that we have, she can
1: maybe explain the whole thing. You've got another one inside. Oh, she's in my bedroom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Heads up. Oh, you gotta take the safety off on the side there. Don't do that! do start being more careful. Okay, Hang Tucker. On. I want to. Oh. That's I want to. I want to pull up the budget and box office because I didn't.
2: It's five million dollar budget. Five to point two to five point five million dollar box office.
0: Alex, you're the best. All right, take us away with the synopsis.
2: Okay. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is a 2010 black comedy horror film directed by Eli Craig and written by Craig and Morgan Jurgensen. It stars Tyler Labine, Alan Tudyk, Katrina Bowden, Brandon J. McLaren, Jesse Moss, and Chelsea Simmons. Or, no, no, not Chilane? Chilane Simmons. Labine and Tudyk play a pair of well-meaning hillbillies who are mistaken for killers by a group of clueless college students. Ah. I believe that's
0: it.
1: Yep. That's it. Yeah, That's this movie, brilliant. this movie could not be more clueless if Alicia
0: Silverstone showed up. Oh boy! As if. <laughs> or okay, those kids. Alex Wan, let me know. Let us know. How did you find Tucker and Dale versus Evil on this watch?
2: Yeah, it was just as fun and silly as it was the very first time. Like this was a movie where I actually like I did watch it like in 2011, so quite a while ago. Quite a while ago, and I didn't remember too much about it. But as soon as like. The first ten minutes played every single plot point, every single way everybody <laughs> died, just like came back to me, so I knew yeah. everything, and I wasn't surprised by anything. Everything was very expected, but it was still like really fun at the same time. It's kind of like Space Mountain, you know I knew I knew I know all the turns, but <laughs> it's always fun to go S- on it.
0: still fun to take the ride, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
2: it's very funny, it's a very funny movie. I think the premise of it is makes it be able to be that kind of fun goofy movie you know just Mm -hmm. there's been so many like killer in the forest you know with a group of teenagers and to kind of flip it the other way around just makes for lots of good comedic opportunities and they all got hit really well Mm -hmm. yeah it's fun Mm -hmm. it's a fun movie
0: yeah it's a very fun movie I was really excited to watch us for this time. One, having so many horror movies under our, our belts now and watching for tropes and sort of callbacks and homages to other uh, horror properties, which was very fun. And just for some reason, the movie having no substance and having no characterization, like everybody in this movie is so flat. There's like the college kids have no personality. There's so many of them that when like a couple of them show up, I was like, oh, right. There's like more people in this car somehow. It just it seems like <laughs> the number of people on this camping trip changes a couple times before people start dying. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. And yeah. it just, it feels better than like a movie who didn't try to do that on purpose. I don't know. It just feels like this type of laziness and this type of like lack of character development would bother me in other movies. But in this movie, it was totally fine. It was like, we've got a college kid who's wearing a mechanics jumpsuit. That's all he get. We have a girl who's like always, she's running through the forest and heels and has her purse on her shoulder. That's all she's got. We've got like a couple token people and like, like that's, that's all you get on these people. And it absolutely does not matter because you know, they're going to just like die eventually. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So much fun to watch. I actually couldn't find anywhere to stream this movie and I could not find anywhere to rent this movie. And I didn't want to talk to our friend Jonathan Torrance about it. So I have actually purchased this movie from YouTube and I do not regret that choice at all. This movie has 11 of my Canadian dollars and it'll be on my YouTube until the internet explodes. And you know what? I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. It's a a great movie. (laughs) so luke how did you find this one
1: i yeah this movie is very satisfying it's very enjoyable it i think at this stage in life it it's already kind of nostalgic to feel to watch a movie like this even though it's Mm -hmm. i mean i guess it's like 13 years ago now but it is very reminiscent of the 2010s like the late 2000s early 2010s had a lot of movies kind of like this Mm -hmm. and You know, and I I was, I think 2010 is the year I graduated college. So I wasn't like the young freshman type that were in this movie, but it's like, you know, that's kind of the age I was. And and so it's always interesting to see, like, I think I've said this before. I like movies set at times where I was alive and I can like kind of judge what I was like with with some of the other characters and like what was going on and what the world, like the clothing and everything, what everything looked like, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Even though this movie doesn't have a lot of that because they're out in this cabin in the woods, <laughs> it's definitely funny. Although I think my sense of humor is different than it was when this came out. Like I, I found it For like sure. a little less funny than I thought I was going to, but it was still like I still chuckled a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So the lead actress, I think Katrina Bowden, I knew I recognized her and I've f- and I had to look it up, but she plays Siri in yeah 30 Rock Rock. yeah so I was like oh man (laughs) if if there was any like it's hard to believe that she could have been in anything where she had less characterization than (laughs) this movie but 30 Rock she has less (laughs) yep and yeah it was just fun it was it was not scary I I I just love the kind of innocence of Tucker and Dale Mm -hmm. like they're obviously smart and stupid at the same time I think that's kind of why it works so like everything starts happening and their first thought is man this is just a teenage suicide cult. Like, <laughs> God damn. That sucks. Yep. <laughs> that makes There's no a other lot of sense, be. you know? There's no other thing yeah. it could have been. Just straight to be that. Anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, the clue, clueless is a perfect, like, he he walks up to talk to them with a big scythe, like death <laughs> in his hand, and he doesn't see why that would be weird, you know? And he's but he's always he red. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. It was enjoyable.
0: Yeah. It was, it feels like, the, a, a grown-up version of like the scary movies and the not another teen movie. If I can say grown-up yeah. version, I know it's not really, but like it feels like if if Tucker and Dale versus Evil had come out even like three years earlier, it would have been like slasher movie or something, and like fallen in that vein where it was just like very. It's a less very... obvious
1: parody. Parody. Yes, movie. exactly.
0: Less yeah. ob- Thank you. Very succinct. <laughs> like, and I, I think like.
2: It's a little bit kind of surprising to me because it might be subjective, but I didn't think there was a lot of kind of toilet humor in this movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like funny situation and the character stayed very consistent, right? Like Tucker and Dale are well-meaning and it's just mm-hmm. miscommunication between them and Chad was just comedically evil. <laughs> it's just the um, worst fucking guy in the but world. But <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't shitty toilet humor, right? it was just mm-hmm. funny situations very slapsticky and if you if you could somehow dwell deeper into it which you know i find hard to but like it's just sometimes matters of perspective change how you see a situation and that's really what this is you know mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah there's like a weirdly they like go for a weird message of like look maybe you shouldn't have judged people based on like what you you know didn't you just on their appearance right and cuz like Tucker and Dale are these hillbilly guys and Dale is really socially awkward so when he goes to talk to these like pretty college kids he's like nervous and that comes off as really creepy and they're just like okay we're in like West Virginia or wherever like remote rural these people are silly pumpkins. and you know, it, it kind of has this message of like hey books don't judge them by their covers get to know <laughs> them a little bit and you're just like what a weirdly like weird take for this movie to like approach with but I just loved how like hopeful and optimistic Tucker and Dale are and I'd love to talk more about the characters like those two characters specifically but just when they get to this evil dead cabin that he inherits and there's just like Bones strung up on the walls and like serial killer newspaper clippings with red string. They're all just like, can you believe I own a summer property? <laughs> and he's just like so happy with it. He's just like, yeah. you just got to feel good for him. And then it was really funny that the scene with all the newspaper clippings, it's like people missing in the woods, vanishing. And that what they zoom in on is like, buy two, get three corn like chili dogs at a place, like a coupon with no expiry date. And they're like, oh boy. <laughs> it
1: it's reminds me so... a little bit of like, when I was a kid, my parents would say things to me. It's like, you can't control your situation, but you can control your attitude. You know, things <laughs> <Exactly>. like that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, exactly. So the Tucker and Dale of it all. Alan Tudyk and Tyler Labine... How did we? Was it Tyler or Taylor Labine? Mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler Labine. What did we think of them? Luke, give us your Alan Tudyk, Tyler Labine thoughts. Yeah,
1: they were they were great. They were very funny. They had good chemistry. I enjoyed their banter. You know, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think I I definitely liked the most how the movie portrayed them as smart and dumb at the same time, pretty seamlessly. Like that was great. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, this movie only works because of them assuming things. And the, well, the college kids too, but they're just, the college kids Mm -hmm. weren't funny. You know, so the comedy comes from these two and they just make these like absurd leaps in logic for everything (laughs) 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 that are a little bit dissonant with like their intelligence on other things. So it's just funny. Mm -hmm. I like, I'd say that was the biggest thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I love their relationship. I love, like, just seeing these two platonic, like, guy friends hanging out. It was just nice to see, like, they weren't... You know, it was, it was clearly, like, Ellen Tudyk's character, Tucker, was a little bit more dominant in the relationship. Like, you know, he takes the last beer, and he's always telling Dale, like, stand up stand for yourself, smack,
1: stand up for yourself, smack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> stand up for yourself, but don't take the last beer, because that's mine. Yeah, I, I, yeah and... It was just, yeah, you're right. The the smart dumbness where he's like he he remembers facts and trivia really well, but he's just like socially awkward. Like,
1: yeah, who is the fifth president uh, so of the United States? The fifth, oh. Monroe. Yeah, that's oh. what they say, isn't it? S- yeah. it? Says it
0: in the movie. <laughs> See, I don't even remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it I'm, went. I'm sure.
0: I, I trust him.
1: Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and then John Quincy
2: Adams, and then I don't
0: remember Dang.
1: who
2: was seven.
0: Was no. it Van Buren, number seven? Maybe. Well, clearly, number seven wasn't that important.
1: Maybe Jackson. Maybe Andrew
0: Jackson was number seven. I'm just... The fact that you rattled off those s- six first <laughs> presidents, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that You got a little from?
2: bit of Dale in you, huh, Luke?
1: Yeah. Well, I just... I, to me, the kind of like Amer- American Revolutionary Period is a really fascinating time in history. Um, sure, sure, sure. Because it was like the first time a country was ever... At least nominally founded on mm. documents versus like cultural inheritance or history. So sure,
2: that's uh, interesting to me.
0: for For American listeners, if we got that list wrong, I don't care. You don't have to tell us.
2: <laughs> um, can we? Can we name the first five prime ministers? Because I definitely can't. No, I can only name it the first was one:
0: John A. McDonald, Then someone else, the guy on the fi- fi- F- the McDonald guy on the five dollar
2: bill with like the big beard,
1: Laurier. Laurier. L- no. He was probably in the first five. I think he was maybe in the first five.
0: Mm-hmm. I just know John A. Macdonald was the first and the third. Like he, There was like oh. him and then another guy and then him again. Uh, not important. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> They're dead. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't name the first five prime ministers. So. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's much more boring. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let any history majors hear you say that. I'm sure there's people who are like, how dare you? Canadian history, blah, blah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, I saw Alan Tudyk in Vancouver once, which was Ooh. very, very fun to see. Nice. It was like um, on stage. I didn't see him. No, I didn't see him on stage. So I I was walking around downtown Vancouver. And we were out. We we're going. I think I can't remember where we we're going, but we walked past this diner and sitting in the diner was Alan Tudyk with his like family. And he was mm-hmm. just like, just like out having breakfast and like. I did this sort of thing where like, you, you know, you when you clock someone, you see like a famous person, you kind of do like a little, oh, like recognition jolts. And he and I locked eyes and I could just see in his eyes that he was like, please don't talk to me while I'm having breakfast with my family. It was just like one of those things where it was like, it is not an appropriate time to bother this person who's just out. With their yeah. family to like talk. So I just like kept walking. I didn't like mm-hmm. go in and be like, oh, Mr. Titic, I love your great autograph or anything. Cause like, <laughs> you know, people just want to like eat their bacon and eggs and not be bothered. But it was just, it was just funny. I could like hear him in his mind being like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Please, off, don't Please, off, don't off, Please don't come fuck in. Please don't come in. Please don't come in. Yeah. Off. <laughs> so, what like, year was this? Oh, God. It would have been like 2015. Maybe I think he was no. I I don't remember what he would have been in Vancouver for, but he's been in a lot of a lot of stuff. It was like definitely post like Firefly, but pre Star Wars Rogue One. So yeah, I, I
2: rewatched Arrested Development recently, and I was like, oh yeah, he's Pastor Veal. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. He's, Anne's yeah, he's dad. Anne's dad. Yeah, he's Anne's dad. Who? Her. <laughs> and, and
2: Michael, show me the ways of the flesh. I want to
1: learn.
0: <laughs> I want to learn about the secular world. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, he's been he's been in like everything. So it was great to see him. I loved his little homage to the Texas chainsaw dance at the end. It's not a dance, but like, you know, the faces swinging his chainsaw yeah. around. And then i had actually forgotten. I, I remember that there was a scene of him running around with the chainsaw, but I couldn't remember how he got there. And then I just love the idea that he saws into a beehive. And then is being like chased by bees or wasp, like just, of course. Perfect. And he doesn't
1: like <laughs> put down the chainsaw. He just Not, runs don't right put it. down the chainsaw. <laughs>
0: just, both hands on it like yeah. still going, <laughs> swinging
1: it around.
2: Yeah. He makes eye contact with the guy like seconds before he impales himself, but he doesn't notice that part? Yeah, doesn't see just, that part. Yeah.
1: I, this the comedy of this movie too is quite physical. There's a lot of slapstick that mm-hmm. could be done poorly, but it's kind of like it So that scene where that kid impales himself I was like, okay, I could see that's a really sharp stick and you could like impale yourself, but you're going to like put your whole body through it and have like a foot of it on the backside. Like how fast you'd have to be moving to impale yourself <laughs> so that bad. much It's hey, just absurd. I, you'd have to be going like a hundred kilometers an hour.
2: As Tucker said, he must have been allergic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, that that's such a funny little detail of a movie like this to just, he didn't just impale himself. He like was like a foot and a half through it. <laughs> Yeah. He like, per- just from he running
0: like, jumped into it yeah <laughs> yeah and like all the all the the deaths of the college kids are very they're treated with the same irreverence like one one other part that made me laugh a lot was they so for people who haven't seen the movie there's like the plot where Katrina Bowden's character Allison uh, they're all skinny dipping at midnight and she falls and hits her head and Tucker and Dale take her and bring her back to the cabin to, like, take care of her because her friends run off. And there's, like, again, miscommunication. They think it's, like, a creepy kidnapping. She's just being, like, cared for because she's got a head injury. Never mind. Just go talk to them. Like, just have one conversation and it would. this whole movie would be over before it started. But they're all getting ready to, like, attack the cabin. And just <clears throat> when they coordinate their charge two of the nameless college kids like one flies over and impales himself again another impalement on like a spear in a shitter hole that they're digging right Right. next to dale but then the one like flies into this wood chipper (laughs) that they brought with them to clear (laughs) dead brush and stuff and after it like jams and he pulls out like the torso there's just one line from alan from tucker who's just like are you okay and i just i don't know why (laughs) It just, of, why, why would you ask that? There's no reason to ask that. It's so obviously this person is chopped into millions of pieces, but just like, are you okay? Like, oh man, it's, so, it's just so funny to me.
2: They're just so well meaning.
0: Yeah. And then later he's dragging them. He's like, man, for half a guy, he's still real heavy. Like, he's just, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a good one. I'm glad we picked it. It's fun to laugh about horror movies again.
2: Yeah, I really like that line where, like, but right before they charge, and Allison's helping Dale dig out the shitter hole, they're yeah. like, "That sick fuck, he's making her dig her own grave. Yeah. Just like, it's, <laughs> it's just funny, you know? Like, there's nothing deep about it, and it's nothing no. like, like I said, it's not toilet it's humor. Not deeper it's than just, six feet, anyway. It's just very situational, funny, like, it's it's the kind of humor I feel like I've been missing in my mm-hmm. life, just something that's stupid but funny. No matter how you look at it,
0: yeah, and it's like it's not the type of humor that like punches down on anyone either. Like it's not like they're making like they're making fun of like privileged college kids, kind of, and they're they're kind of taking the piss out of like assumptions of like hill buddies hillbillies. But it doesn't. You know what like, they are hill Spirited. They are hill buddies. Aw, hill buddies. It doesn't feel mean spirited. Like there's some types of comedy where they're like, "This is funny because we're being mean," and you're just like. Are you being funny or are you just being mean? And this one just, it felt more, it's weird to say this about a horror movie with a lot of blood, but it felt more wholesome. And the, the dog, folks, there's a dog in this movie, does not die. I love that. Love to see it. Don't love to see a dog die in a movie with maybe the dumbest name of a pet I've ever heard, but I, I'll stand a, a pet named Jangers <laughs> any day. Just this like silly, slobbery old pit bull dog that Tucker and Dale have. Named Jangers with a, with a J. It's like, why? why? <laughs> I mean, we talked mostly about, uh, I talked more about uh, Alan Tudyk, but do you have any thoughts about Dale specifically, Taylor Levine, uh, his sort of arc at the end when he has to rescue Allison? Yeah, no. just
2: very wholesome, you know? Yeah. He, uh, he, he dresses up in like the welder's mask and mm-hmm. like has the chainsaw and like has all these belts and tools strapped to him. He walks in, she immediately screams. He's like, oh, sorry, it's just me. He takes it off, and it's just, it's Dale again, you know? Yeah. He doesn't ever uh, try he, to be someone he's not, which is great. Just nice, kind, well, kind character. So, like, when he uses the chamomile
1: at the end to beat Chad, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Because when, when Chad says it earlier in the movie, it's just so gratuitously in the film. You're like, what the fuck <laughs> so is he obvious. saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it make tea it better not be chamomile i'm allergic <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> okay
2: so and you're then,
0: gonna be and then of course chamomile.
1: there's a chamomile
2: tea in this barn that's lucky. is it chamomile or chamomile i've said it both ways is it earl gray or eel gray i've said it both ways
1: uh nice job han it's han but that's okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh in canada it's called camacolometer. Um. So, <laughs> camera for, <laughs> yeah, <Cam-a-click> for short. Yeah, camera click for short. Um. But yeah, I really liked his his turn there, where he's like, "You want deranged tailbilly? I'll give you deranged tailbilly." And so then he gets like the all the accoutrement of leaning into this stereotype that he's been painted with unfairly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like when he he comes in and she's all scared, he like. He's he's excited to ask her if like if she was scared. He's like, "Oh, did it work? Was it scary?" She's like, "Yeah, it was really good." And he's just like so like pumped yeah. the fact that <laughs> it's just uh you can't you can't help but root for him. Like he's just so yeah. happy and like secure. I think he's like I think his like security and who he is as a person is really funny. There's a scene where Tucker is like strung upside down and he fires the tripwire and this like spear launches into the ground and just like hits him right below like where his legs meet and he's just like oh I'm glad I'm not hung like a bear that could have been real bad and he just like <laughs> keeps going <laughs> <It's> just like
2: <laughs> for the first time in my life yeah <laughs> I'm glad yeah, I'm w- hung like a bear I was talking to uh, Andrew last night Andrew Wishart and he was yes. like talking talk to him about this movie and he's like yeah yeah I remember seeing it and then he just mentioned like yeah I thought the funniest joke was uh, when he finds um when they send uh, Tucker's fingers and he's like, Oh, those are his bowling fingers. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. and then they go bowling at the end of the movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. But Tucker's not there. He's recovering. And I love that. There's also just, just a, just a one off line where he's in the hospital. His fingers are reattached. <laughs> and he's like, look, they got my fingers back. And it's just two completely different fingers. Like one has a painted <laughs> nail. One is like a much different skin color to his own. He's just like, yep. I got five fingers. Mm-hmm. Again, can't control the situation, but I can control my attitude. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. It's so funny. I felt that the end of the movie was weird. Sort of like it's like some time has passed later. Tucker and Allison are dating or um, sorry, Dale and Allison are dating and they're bowling together and then they're just like talking to this other guy on their bowling team who's like you know, you should just be confident. Go talk to somebody and then they just kind of watch him like kidnap somebody. Or, no, like, no, no. This that, that's person.
2: the point, Billy. <laughs> You yeah. think that he's kidnapping someone, but once again, maybe he's like, hey, I got your friend. She got knocked out unconsciously, and all oh, her friends true, are running really.
0: away. <laughs> but then they're even just like, yeah, not our problem, and they just like, <laughs> continue. Yeah, it. it's it's up to
2: that group to work through their miscommunications.
0: Right, that's true. They've already handled their miscommunication. They don't have to be responsible anymore. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I mean, I guess we should talk about Chad, who is, the, I guess, the film's main antagonist, who appears to just be like a sort of jerky college kid with a chip on his shoulder. But then you find out that the chip on his shoulder is his dad was a hillbilly and his mom was a college kid. So he's, in his own words, half <laughs> hillbilly.
1: <laughs> half college kid, yeah.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> and so he's... <laughs>
1: I was a little surprised at how like, kind of well-crafted of a villain he was because... Mm-hmm. He represents the kind of dark triad that they talk about in psychology, Mm -hmm. like the most dangerous men in the world are this dark triad, which is narcissistic, psychopathic, and Machiavellian. Mm -hmm. And actually, apparently, there's a fourth one that they've like is getting included a little bit called sadism. Okay. And you know, like dark uh, tetrad. Yeah, the dark tetrad, and and you know, if if there's any person for whom the term toxic masculinity actually applies to. It's definitely this guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. It's Chad. Yeah. I, I, I find that term to be used pretty sloppily in culture for just like any negative interaction you have with a man. It's just mm. that's just toxic. But this guy is like He's this the is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like this is a this is a philosophically robust example of yeah. toxic masculinity <laughs> yeah. because like he just <laughs> Because what he does is what 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 is really interesting, I I I don't know if it's interesting or not, but it's it it portrayed a villain type quite well i thought when evidence starts coming in cuz like at the beginning if you think your friends are getting murdered you have a particular attitude towards these people and you're trying to help your friends right sure yeah. but but once the evidence starts coming in that maybe Tucker and Dale aren't the villains and there's some ambiguity here and maybe we should talk about it he doubles down instead mm-hmm. of instead of going back and like reflecting on the evidence and perhaps changing his mind on some things and actually so there's this great there's a a really a philosopher of art named George Santiana who has the best definition of a zealot I've ever heard. And it's a zealot is someone who redoubles their efforts the exact moment they lose sight of their aims. And so Mm. I thought Chad was a perfect exemplar of that too. Like as soon as he lost sight of what they were trying to do, namely rescue Allison, because it becomes ambiguous if that's what they need to do. He doubles his efforts to fuck over Tucker and Dale, you know? And it's like, okay, this is, this is actually pretty archetypal villainy stuff in stories. So I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, and he just like he just hates Tucker and Dale no matter what. Like,
1: yeah.
0: And it, it i mean it doesn't help. The communication is so like laughably lacking in this movie and that's the point of it, but they make an effort to have Allison always be unconscious whenever any of this conflict <laughs> could have been resolved because she's the only yeah. one who's like in you know, she's friends with these college kids. She's gotten to know Tucker and Dale. She knows mm-hmm. that both of them are like generally helping good people <laughs> and are helping her. And she's just always unconscious when it could be beneficial to have her be like, oh, hey, actually, it's a big misunderstanding. Yeah. And then <laughs> the, for the time that she
2: is conscious and awake, they accuse her of having Stockholm Syndrome.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is like, again, syndrome.
1: again, there's like, uh, that's a great, I love that little take on a villain because that's like a verificationism. Like anything that happens, it already verifies my pre existing theory you know right. so it's like yeah. my theory is what's inflexible not the evidence in front of me you know because if the evidence anything that happens can verify it right
0: yeah or you can find a way to twist it so that it supports you and anything exactly. that is like contrary to your theory you can just be like well that's obviously a lie or disregard it yeah, yeah. he's he's the, chad is the worst character in this movie <laughs> totally um yeah, totally. And
2: he's the guy at the very start, right? That attacks those two reporters.
0: Yes, yeah. Because we get this like news footage thing, which I think, because we see that cameraman and that anchor at the very end, just kind of, she's like getting her makeup test done, like at, after everything's wrapped up uh, or before the bowling scene, right? Like once Allison is saved. And that they're like going through kind of like found footage style, black and white Blair Witch project. And we see, yeah, we see uh, Chad's like, Evil. He didn't die. Half hillbilly face. <laughs> half college kid. <laughs> On his mother's side. Uh, this movie was fun. What else? What, what What? should we talk about? Anything else? I guess we didn't really talk about the, the police officer. Like that weird uh, segment. Mm. But he's just there to, I guess, add to the body count. And set off the Chekhov's loose beam in the cabin with nails at the top of it that they address directly I uh, yeah i love how many times it, it felt very relatable to like something they should have taken care of being left too long and it having bigger consequences because it just you know anytime i leave a spatula on the counter and the cats like get into it or knock it down i was like yeah well if i had cleaned that up and put it away then they wouldn't have knocked mm. it down and you know <laughs> broken something maybe so well sometimes you can control your environment and your attitude <laughs> sometimes you can. <laughs> but just like yeah the the beam and then there's there's just like a lace curtain with a ton of like oil and gas cans below it and then that sets on fire because they burn the cabin down and you just hear i think it's Tucker or maybe it's Dale someone is just like oh we should have cleaned those cans up it's just like yeah. yep <laughs> and then like the the like when when his leg gets
2: set on fire that one one guy she like tries to put it out but like what was it like kerosene or something like that
0: yeah <laughs> Just squirts it on him.
2: Uh, Yeah. It's unfortunate. Everything's just unfortunate. Was there any avoidable death in this movie? Is my question.
0: Yeah. They were all avoidable. (laughs) I mean, I think you need to tighten up your your question a little bit. Because it's like, yeah, if, if anyone had talked, this would be avoidable. But I think it's a lot of just, like, unfortunate coincidences where, like... You know what it was? I bet you all those college kids were supposed to die in a crash on the freeway and Mm -hmm. then Yeah. They didn't, so Death was mad and had to take it out of them Final Destination style. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I don't I think maybe like I I guess the people who are in the cabin when it like burns down and explodes, that could have happened. The the one the one other or the, the like blonde girl who's like wearing the least appropriate outdoors gear ever she's like in her big heels and always has her purse on her shoulder she like lights a cigarette when she's in a cabin that's been dusted with gasoline so i guess that could have been avoided if you had a sense of smell mm. gasping everywhere yeah
2: i thought the most un- unfortunate one was was the guy that picked up the sheriff's gun it was pointing oh. at tucker and dale and he's like it's not working <laughs> oh you got to take the safety off first and he shoots himself <laughs>
0: Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and he was like the one you think gets away because he's like, "I'll take the truck, I'll go get help," and you're like, "Oh, okay, that kid got away," but then he comes back. Yeah, yeah. so silly. I think maybe if the chamber, the, the the five chamber revolver that he was using actually had five bullets in it, that could have prevented some some mm-hmm. gunshots. But yeah. uh there's a scene where Chad is just shooting and shooting and shooting, and you're like, "It's no way, it's no way there's, no way mm-hmm. that, there's that many guns, bullets in that gun."
2: Fight back with the nail gun.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing about Dale's character. Just attesting to the type of person he is. When they have his dog, they have Jangers tied up and they're, they're threatening to like, kill Jangers and he's like, I swear, if you kill my dog, I'm going to be really angry. Like He doesn't like, <laughs> threaten to kill them. He's just going to be angry. It's just like, oh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would frustrate uh. me too. Right? It's just, Such an irritating situation. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he treats it like, yeah, his car battery died or something. It's like not a life or death thing. It's just an annoyance. Like, oh, no, don't kill my dog, please. (laughs) Chad's the worst. Chad is just the worst. Chad's the worst. Do we have a final thought then? Alex, you go first. Final thoughts on Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. It's just so funny.
2: I think like my, I thought the funniest part of the movie is when they're holding the bottom half of the body and they're talking to the sheriff. And <laughs> yeah. like he just keeps talking and he doesn't realize what he's saying. It's like, oh yeah, we got another teenager back in the cabin. Yeah, she's unconscious in my bed. And then you just see uh Alan Tudic. He like his facial like, acting is so good yeah. in that scene. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's it's a very we've said this before on the podcast, but it does kind of feel like a love letter to forest-based slasher movies in the best way and i just i can see that if like there was a ton of movies like this the genre would get a little bit old fast but like cabin in the woods tucker and dale versus evil is just a great entry point into horror but it is also a great movie for horror fans because there's stuff you can point to to be like that's like from this movie and that's like from this movie and of course there's like hillbillies because we have all these movies to talk about and so. I think it's maybe maybe I the lesson from this stuff. movie
2: is Freddie, no, not Freddie, Jason. Jason Voorhees wasn't actually an evil psychopathic killer. Mm. He just wanted to save some college kids, and some unfortunate things happened, and they kept running into maybe. his spear gun or running into his machete. Right?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: He was really um. Jason. He was trying to fix the mattress under the bed, and um,
0: his <laughs> his, his thing, his spear was just too yeah too powerful, yeah. or he got startled by something like and he. Jerked forward There, there was fast. a beehive underneath the bed. <laughs> yeah. That's why he puts the pillowcase on his head to protect himself from bee stings. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We've solved it. Uh, Luke, final thoughts, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? Just in summary again, it's
1: really funny. It's great, wholesome, enjoyable. Good movie yeah. all around.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it helps that it's come off a string of kind of like less fun movies to talk about, but... It's definitely helped it, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah, I think I've said what I'm going to say. So, scariest part of the movie, Alex
2: Wan. I mean, obviously nothing's going to happen because we know kind of Dale is supposed to win and Allison's supposed to be okay. But I actually felt tension when she was tied to the, like, the <laughs> the logging thing with the saw. The lo-
0: yeah, And yeah. she
2: was getting dangerously close to getting her head sawed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Dale was nowhere close to being re- able to rescue her and then it's like oh he'll just throw this axe like a tomahawk and it'll somehow <laughs> cut the rope that she's tied to without hurting yep. her and yep, she can get away true. safely right at the last second. But yeah, that was I guess the scariest part cuz I actually felt tension there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that there's no real scares in this movie. It's so lighthearted and so I think the uh the scariest part for me was just the type of person that Chad is. <laughs> the, the, those people are thankfully rare in society. They do exist. And it's just like, I just ne- I hope I never have the misfortune to cross past this one because he is just unwilling to change his mind. Staunchly like opposed to any new information that contradicts him. And he's just, he's just such a dick. He, he was just so punchable the whole time. So uh, mm. the type of person <laughs> that Chad is. Luke's scariest part. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just the type of person Chad is. Because there's nothing scary about this movie. <laughs> no, you, you you can watch it I watched it when I was a, a horror movie scaredy cat and uh, I think anyone can If it, and even the blood is like so comically overdone that it doesn't feel like it's real yeah. at all you know he's just getting showered in a wood chipper with like covered head to toe and blood and you're just like it seems fine
1: <laughs> I can't believe there wasn't a line with either Tucker or Dale saying man that kid's blood tastes like corn syrup <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I mean that would have fit perfectly yeah uh all righty so alex Swan, what are we cha- uh rating it out of and uh what are you giving it
2: we're gonna read it out of five pickled eggs that you'll have in your mouth when talking to a pretty girl <laughs> nice yeah classic i yeah this this was really really fun i had just as much fun watching it this time as i did what like 12 years ago mm-hmm. and you know it did help a lot that the last string of movies that we did, I didn't find super enjoyable. This was kind of Mm -hmm. like a nice kind of refresher. Um, So I'm going to give it four pickled eggs in your mouth when talking to a pretty girl out of five.
0: (laughs) Four out of five. Awesome. Luke Mason.
2: Yeah, I think I'm the same. Four
1: pickled eggs in your mouth when talking to a pretty girl out of five. It's just really funny, wholesome, enjoyable, not scary. I think it has rewatchability, but I think it has to be like a, a chunk of time like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is the kind of movie that I could watch like in a week or two weeks again and enjoy it in the same mm-hmm. way, but after like a few months, maybe. So it's got that rewatchability to it.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, Luke, because I watched this before I left for Colorado and didn't take as many notes because I was like, I was, I felt distracted. And so I wanted to watch it again. And so I watched it like a couple days ago and I fell asleep like six times during the movie just because mm-hmm. it's like I'm like oh I've seen this okay I wake up oh the cop is here he's gonna get oh, he's and it's not a complicated
1: movie by any stretch of
0: the imagination so <laughs> yeah actually. sleep but uh, I was I was sitting on like a, a mid three three point something but I think that this conversation is bringing it up I'm I'm gonna raise it up to a around four out of five four pickled eggs in your mouth when you're talking to a pretty college girl out of five we all agree. We all agree for once. The <laughs> Best part is, Me. this movie was an hour and 22 minutes. Oh, oh my gosh, gorgeous. yes. Beautiful. Bellissima. Love it. Okay, this has been one entire episode of Something to Cheer, so let's pick mm-hmm. another Something to Cheer. Just to wrap us up, Alex, Juan, take us away. Okay. I've
2: been watching the TV show Dickinson. It's mm. an Apple TV okay. show. It's has three seasons and it's done now, but it's, uh, it's about Emily Dickinson, the the American okay. poet, and it it stars Haley Steinfeld as said okay. Emily Dickinson, and it's got um what's her name Ella Hunt as Sue Gilbert, yeah, hmm. and it's just a okay. it's a really it's a really fun comedy drama about Emily Dickinson's life. It's every episode is like based on one of the like not based on, but it's it's got one of the poems that she's written in her lifetime, and oh, okay. it's that's cool. It's got like, it's it's like set set in the days of when she was alive. So, I don't know, when was that? Like the 1800s? Victorian yeah, like, era? Like early to late or mid to late 1800s, I think. So it's, it's all like set in that day, but it's got a lot of kind of modernness to it. And like the language that they speak, the way they talk to each other is all very modern sounding.
0: Is she American or English? American. American. Okay, right. Yeah. So yeah, cool.
2: I've been liking that show and I've been watching it. Awesome. So
0: that's good. uh, uh nice. Serious, serious question for both of you: Would you say Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus, whatever the streaming, is worth it? Because it's like the only one I don't have for streaming. I don't have an answer like, to that. I don't ah, do.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have good shows. Ted Lasso I've, is very, very yeah. good. Severance. Severance is good. Okay. Uh, there's this new one with Jason siegel Shrink, <laughs> I think. And it's got Harrison Ford in it too
0: okay seems like like i always see ads for uh, and stuff and there's always like seeming like big shows and stuff coming i feel out, like
2: every like, kind of exclusive show or platform that has some exclusives on it has like good stuff right like there's right. gonna be stuff that isn't good but there's gonna be stuff that is really good but
0: yeah hmm. cool all righty thank you L- luke mason what are you cheering
1: so this is another trivia-related cheer. Um, so we're recording what? this on the first Sunday in March. And so last Sunday was, you know, as you can imagine, the last Sunday of February. And uh, the trivia night that we do on Sundays, they do a weekly prize of $75 for the teams that, or a $75 gift card for the team that wins and a monthly prize of a $150 gift card for the team that gets the most points in the month. And we had lost the first three Sundays to this one new rival team. And so okay. going into last Sunday, we were down eight points for the month. And Ooh. we happened to beat them by nine points on oh, last Sunday. Buddy. So we scooped them so hard by winning the night. So we got $75 gift card, as well as winning the month by one point, which must have Ooh. just drove <laughs> them crazy. <laughs> so, because they beat What's us exciting? three times, and but we beat them big time, so... I'm cheer- I'm just cheering, like, it was the most exhilarating trivia night of my life.
2: What's their team name called?
1: The other team? Yeah. I don't know. It's something like the Helgen Schwallers or something. It's like German, but they're all like Aussies and Brits, so they know, and, and the guy who hosts the trivia is British, so there's always like a, a few British-centric questions that our team kind of struggles with, and mm. so, but apparently mm. they're... American culture expert wasn't at it. So they probably missed some easy ones because they just didn't know. Like Like, who was the fifth
2: president of the United States, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. That's exactly it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Wow. Well, great job. That's a real like uh, average Joes versus the Globo Jim Cobras moment for you. Just like a true underdog story. Awesome. I'm going to cheer the fact that I saw Cocaine Bear in theaters uh, in Colorado. It is... A wildly uneven movie, but it was a very fun night out. And specifically, there was a point in the movie where somebody in the audience was laughing uncontrollably for five solid minutes. And it went through those like perfect comedy stages of being like, that's kind of silly to everyone being like, what is this guy's problem? And you could just sort of feel the laughter infecting everybody around it until like basically the whole theater was like chuckling as this guy who could not control his shit, which... Doesn't speak highly of a movie where like an audience interaction very specific to one theater and one time is the best thing I have to say about it. But it was still very fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, as I said, I'm, I'm in Colorado right now. So we saw it at an Alamo Drafthouse, House, which is a, a chain of movie theaters down here. And they have like crazy perks like you can order food and waiters come right to your like seat and, and give you food and the seats recline and tailor the whoops. They tailor the, the pre-show to the movie you're going to watch. That's so like very specific to what you're going to watch about. Like last year when we came, we saw Studio 666, which was the Foo Fighters horror movie. And so they had a bunch of like Foo Fighters music videos and like, mm, nice. uh, you know, in the lead up. And so in this one, there was like a lot of like weird clips from other sort of bear related movies, weird like- Brother Bear. Korean... <laughs> no, not Brother Bear, but- Bear in the Big Blue House- um yeah yeah Paddington yeah the Berenstain (laughs) Bears Paddington it was just like the perfect setup for cocaine bear anyway cocaine bear
1: nice
0: it's exactly what it sounds like boy oh boy I think uh, it would be it would be a fun talk but that's what I'm cheering all right so next week is the last week of March the last forest week and it's episode 150 Mm. and uh, so guys I know
1: what you're gonna pick I know what you're gonna pick it's pretty odd. Yeah.
0: I think yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be Annihilation. It's gotta be.
1: Oh. That wasn't what I thought you were gonna pick, but that's great. <laughs> really? I think that's a better pick, yeah. I thought you were gonna uh, pick the Blair Witch project.
0: Uh no, that was that was like second on my list, but I was like, 150. It's time to put this joke to the end. I was also gonna I was toying with a way to be like, I wanna see a movie that has a forest with a real fucked up bear in it, and mm. have you maybe guess cocaine bear, but hmm. No, it's going to be annihilation. So all you listeners out there. Great pick. All you like, I, listeners honestly, out there. Honestly. That's watching
1: a great it. pick because it's a it's a it's funny joke for our podcast, but it's also a great movie and ha- we'll have a lot of substance to talk about in it.
0: I can't wait. I, everything I've seen like from like the acting list, people talking about it, both of you guys like talking about it. I'm like I'm only a little bit worried about getting my expectations up too high, but mm. I think it's going to be a blast, so I'm not even upset that it's longer than an hour and a half. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. All righty. So we'll leave it there. I'll say goodbye. And I'll let Luke, you can say goodbye to the wonderful listeners. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Alex, would you like to say goodbye? You can if you want. I can can if I want. Yeah, I'll say it. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.